There comes a time in every Christian's life when God allows us to reap what we have sown. This is true especially for immature Christians or younger Christians who often see the wages of sin, specifically sin from which we have not repented. I have, I know. Hi, welcome to Christian Holiness Daily. This is episode 8, Only When We Die. My name is Steve. Welcome. Pull up a chair and let's talk a while. I don't know about you, but I have often found myself flat on my back, having sunk lower than I could have ever imagined. I have had nowhere else to turn, no one to turn to, but to God. Actually, that has happened to me a few times in my life. (laughs) Call me a slow learner or thick-headed. I know I am. Each low after the first one, though, after I found salvation, each low was more of a plateau. And as a result, each crisis experience led me ever closer to God. And that's our topic today, that crisis experience that leads us to surrender. While the experiences that I have had that have led me to a deeper walk with Christ are certainly unique, the crisis experience itself is not. Most people endure one or maybe even two such experiences in their spiritual journey. Some people like me experience many. The first such crisis is the one through which God works to lead us to salvation. And since I can rightfully assume that most of my readers and most of my listeners are Christians, I won't expound upon that salvation experience too much. The second crisis experience is the one that God uses to sanctify us. It is at this point that he fills us with his Holy Spirit. It is at this point that we realize God is cleaning house in our lives. He is revealing to us our wicked hearts, and he's asking us to repent of the sins that he finds within our heart. He sweeps those sins out the door when we repent, and he fills us with more of his love. The great holiness preacher of the early 20th century, a guy named Buddy Robinson, who was affectionately called Uncle Buddy. Now, let me give you an aside here. That was the early 20th century, and there are still people in my church that remember meeting Uncle Buddy. He was very famous, very well known. He was Billy Graham before there was a Billy Graham. Uncle Buddy described sanctification as a boiling point, a boiling pot in which sin boils to the top and then gets skimmed away by God. Very good analogy. At one point, he said that if God didn't turn down the fire, there would be nothing left to skim. It is a great analogy. In fact, I have always compared sanctification to peeling back the layers of an onion. You take the skin off an onion and let it sit a while, and that white onion turns brown. Those layers reveal the impurities within. You peel that layer off and let it sit a while and then it starts turning brown. You peel that layer off and there's another layer and another and another until finally you get to the core of the onion. Just like us, every time God peels back a layer, he finds an impurity, a sin, and he pulls it away and throws it away and we're white as snow. And then a little bit later, God reveals that there's more impurities in us, and he peels that away. And it, that, that's just the way it is. Sanctification is at once a singular work of grace 
and also a journey in which God peels back the layers or boils off the sin. There is a, uh, a parallel in the Bible, and I, I know it's not fair to compare an Old Testament prophet to a New Testament journey, but this parallel is so good that I just can't resist. We read in 1 Kings 19 where Elijah is exhausted. He's flat on his back, and he tells God that he is ready to die. He hit bottom. Here's the lesson for us. It wasn't until Elijah told God that he was ready to die that God gave him the strength to live. Here's a parallel. Take a look at uh, Ephesians 2. I urge you to read the entire chapter, but we're going we're gonna to focus on verses 4 and 5. Here it is from the NIV. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. There's that crisis experience that leads to salvation. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. This is the experience that leads to salvation. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 4.3, however. This is from the English Standard Version. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. I encourage you to read Romans uh, 6, 7, and 8, chapters 6, 7, and 8. This describes the crisis experience, and it gives us a good picture of the before and after of sanctification. Here are just a few key verses from Romans 6. This is 11 through 14 in the NIV version. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from the dead to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Isn't that amazing? Sin is no longer our master. We do not have to give in to those sexual desires because God takes that filth from our heart, kicks it out the door, and replaces it with the love of the Holy Spirit, with God's perfect love. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you'll join us again real soon on Christian Holiness Daily. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,